Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. St Bride's is famous for its ministry to journalists, and behind me you can see our journalists' commemorative altar, but we are, of course, here for you all. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always wonderful to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these services, you will find details in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. It is a great delight to welcome you to St. Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the fifth Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you are in the world, and however you are listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St. Bride's family. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving. 
to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the Almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament lesson is written in the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 20, beginning at the first verse. Now Pashur, the son of Immer the priest, who was also chief governor in the house of the Lord, heard that Jeremiah prophesied these things. Then Pashur smote Jeremiah the prophet, and put him in the stocks that were in the high gate of Benjamin, which was by the house of the Lord. And it came to pass on the morrow that Pashur brought forth Jeremiah out of the stocks. Then said Jeremiah unto him, The Lord hath not called thy name, Pashur, but Magor Misabib. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will make thee a terror to thyself and to all thy friends, and they shall fall by the sword of their enemies, and thine eyes shall behold it. And I will give all Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall carry them captive into Babylon, and shall slay them with the sword. Moreover, I will deliver all the strength of this city, and all the labours thereof, and all the precious things thereof, and all the treasures of the kings of Judah will I give into the hand of their enemies, which shall spoil them, and take them, and carry them to Babylon. And thou, Pashur, and all that dwell in thine house shall go into captivity. And thou shalt come to Babylon, and there thou shalt die, and shalt be buried there, thou and all thy friends to whom thou hast prophesied lies. O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily, every one mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, because of the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. For I heard the defaming of many, fear on every side. Report, say they, and we will report it. All my familiars watched for my halting, saying, Peradventure he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a mighty terrible one. Therefore my persecutors shall stumble, and they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed, for they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be forgotten. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament lesson is written in the letter of Paul to the Romans, chapter 14, beginning at the first verse. Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Who art thou that judgest another man's servants? To his own master he standeth or falleth, yet he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. One man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike, let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day, to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not, to the Lord he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and living. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, As I live, said the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know, and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus, that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably, destroy not him with thy meat, for whom Christ died. For not then your good be evil spoken of, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of the church is governed and sanctified, hear our prayer which we offer for all thy faithful people, that in their vocation and ministry they may serve thee in holiness and truth to the glory of thy name, through our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. Light in our darkness we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Yesterday, the 3rd of July, was the 33rd anniversary of my ordination as deacon. Let me tell you a little bit about the story behind that. I was selected to train for the church's ministry back in the early 1980s, in the days before women could be ordained at all. The decision to ordain women as deacons, although not yet as priests, was taken during my time at Theological College, and I was in fact to spend six years as a deacon before it was finally made possible for women to be priested. At the time, that prolonged period of diaconal, deacons, ministry, felt immensely frustrating for women such as myself. And yet, these days, I look back on those six years as both a gift and a blessing for the following reason. Many of the male students who trained alongside us all those years ago regarded their deacon's year, the year they spent as a deacon before they were then priested, as a rather tedious but necessary period of probation. It had to be endured before they could finally get stuck into what they regarded as the real business of ministry, which was priesthood. For women like myself, that was simply never an option because we knew that it was entirely possible that we would spend the whole of our ministerial lives as deacons. So during those years, we were able to explore the full meaning, the true depths, and the profound and unique gifts that characterize diaconal ministry. And as a result, I now understand very clearly why it is that the diaconate both is and remains the foundation, the core, and the beating heart of all ordained ministry. All of us who are ordained, whether we are priests, bishops, or archbishops, remain also deacons, and that's immensely important because the ministry of deacons is supremely the ministry of God's love. Indeed, the ordination service describes deacons as agents of God's purposes of love. Deacons are called to make the love of God visible through the ministry of servanthood. It is the ministry that Jesus himself exemplified when he knelt at the feet of his disciples and washed them. It's the ministry of service to God's people. And the deacon's ministry is like that because the love of Christ is like that. When I think back to myself as a newly ordained deacon all those years ago, I can't help feeling that I know far less today than I thought I knew all those years ago about ministry. I would say instead, however, that I know a small number of things in much, much greater depth. And paradoxically, I found that the more deeply I engage with the challenges and complexities of modern life, the simpler my faith has become. Simple 
not because it is naive, but rather because it has been stripped down to its most basic essentials. Long ago, I ceased trying to enter dark and difficult places, confident that I had all the answers. These days, I go there simply with the love of God in my heart. And there is something profoundly diaconal about that. Because it is love that transforms. It is love that heals. And it is love that makes new. It is love that creates light. It is love that brings hope. And that is true for all of us, whatever our role in life, whatever form our Christian calling happens to take, lay or ordained. Our world has never felt more fragile. Our future has never been more uncertain. So much that we had come to assume was simply the way things happen to be has turned out to be both transient and unstable during these difficult lockdown months. We have seen where the world's way of doing things has led us, and we have yet to begin to see its full consequences for our economy, for our society, for the nations of the world, and for our precious vulnerable planet, when we start to appreciate the full horrific extent of climate change and the human behaviour that has brought that about. In a situation such as this, if there is hope that is meaningful, it can only lie in a new and different way of living. It can only be a way of life that has self-giving love somewhere at its very heart. And loving is always costly because alongside its joys, love also makes us vulnerable. Vulnerable to pain and loss and disappointment and rejection. Many theological students of my own generation were profoundly shaped by a book published in the late 1970s by the Anglican priest and theologian W.H. Vanston. I have no idea whether ordinands still read him these days, but my own discipleship and understanding of ministry have been massively informed by his wisdom and insight. Vanston's book, Love's Endeavour, Love's Expense, concludes with a poem which has since been turned into the words of a hymn, which I shall close by reading to you. It begins by describing the wonders of God's many and abundant gifts so clearly visible in the world around us and alongside them the costly love that is so often hidden from view. For me, it encapsulates the essence of that love that is every deacon's privilege to manifest to the people that deacons are called to serve. But it also encapsulates what must surely lie at the very heart of all discipleship. Morning glory, starlit sky, soaring music, scholar's truth, 
flight of swallows, autumn leaves, memory's treasure, grace of youth. Open are the gifts of God, gifts of love to mind and sense. Hidden is love's agony, love's endeavour, love's expense. Love that gives, gives evermore, gives with zeal, with eager hands, spares not, keeps not, all outpours, ventures all, its all expends. Drained is love in making full, bound in setting others free, poor in making many rich, weak in giving power to be. Therefore, he who shows us God, helpless, hangs upon the tree, and the nails and crown of thorns tell of what God's love must be. Here is God, no monarch he, throned in easy state to reign. Here is God, whose arms of love, aching, spent, the world sustain. Amen. Let us pray. God of grace, you fill your church with diverse gifts. Inspire all who teach and expound the scriptures. Fill us with a vision of your glory. We ask for your blessing this day on the leaders of your holy churches, especially 
Alison, our rector, Sarah, our bishop. And we pray today for the Anglican Church of Papua New Guinea and for its acting Archbishop, Nathan Ingen. In Linkopen in Sweden, we pray for Bishop Martin. And in our own diocese, we pray for the Kensington Deanery, for James Hurd, Area Dean, and for the Deanery Synod and its Secretary. We pray also for all those ordained this Petertide, including those ordained at St Paul's Cathedral and St Andrew's Holborn yesterday. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace, you raised up great leaders from among your people. Give to all in authority the wisdom and strength they need to match the hour. Direct all nations in the paths of righteousness and truth. We pray especially for our Queen and for our government and the leaders of the nations, remembering especially those lands where there is war and conflict. We ask that you would bring them peace. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace, the twelve were sent out relying on hospitality to sustain them. Open the hearts of all to share of your bountiful goodness. Make our communities places of welcome and care. We pray especially for those on our streets, for all at the margins of our society, and for those who provide services to those who are vulnerable. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace, the twelve were sent to anoint the sick. Pour out your healing spirit on all in need. In our weakness, may the power of your Christ dwell within us. We remember especially all those in our parish community in this city and around the world who are in need, and any others known to us. For all who suffer, in body, in mind, or in spirit. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. God of grace, Jesus knew the love of family and friends. Be with all who mourn the loss of someone close. We entrust all who have died into the hope of your life and love, remembering especially the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for the sake, for the sake of, of thy, thy Son, 
our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. which passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always.